podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 421 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring. Sat, stood by me, wondering what the fuck is going on, is Kiki the dog. <laughs> and, as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello, we hope you are all doing well. Just real quick, before we get going... Yeah. Fucking hell, wow, yes? Sorry, I would just like to apologise <laughs> in advance for my voice, if it goes funny at any point throughout this. I've had a really bad cold, and my voice is mostly back... But it does sometimes do like a bit of a weird thing. So that if it does that, that's why. Thank you for that, Becky. Okay. Coming up on this week's show uh, is another MCU film. We've all fulfilled our contractual obligation that we have with uh, life of going to see the next MCU film. So we'll be talking Chloe Zhao's Eternals. Uh, we will also be talking the Tom Hanks Apple TV movie Finch and stupid sexy Oscar Isaac in the card counter. Um, so, little bit of business. I haven't seen the result of this yet, but what is the next marathon? Ooh. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Wowee. So... The options were finish that damn Fincher Club. <laughs> How the hell have you not started the Michael Mann marathon yet? Fuck's sake. And fuck both of those, Guy Ritchie, baby. <laughs> the thing is, me and Bex were talking about this when we put the poll out on Sunday and it made me genuinely laugh out loud while we were having breakfast <laughs> in, a, uh, in a place, didn't it, Bex? It did. Um, and we were say, then saying... The thing is, these are three really fucking, like, there's a lot of good films in this. So, whichever it is, it's pretty fucking cool. So, in last place, finish that damn thing. So, what I'm thinking, right... Let's just time that to coincide with Finch's next film, that <laughs> assassin one he's doing with Michael F. Aspender. Yeah. Okay, so we'll 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 pause on Fincher Club for probably another year or so. Yeah. I, I, I think um, Christmas next year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll pause. Never mind. At least at least we can have some like uh, kind of like. Couple years away from Mank perspective as well. So, yeah, you know something at least. Um, in second place, and the marathon we will be doing after the winner. Fuck both of those, Guy Ritchie, baby. So, the marathon that patrons I think voted on about eighteen months ago. Yep, is coming. We are doing Michael Mann. You excited, Matt? I am. I, 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 I just air punched in the room. You did. I, I, oh. Which so, ones are we I'm doing? Very excited. Very excited. What do you mean? Which ones? Are we, we doing, doing all of them. Yeah. Ah, oh, fucking yes. <laughs> more excited. All the theatrically now. released ones. Like I don't think we need to do LA Takedown. No. Um, 
but yeah, all the like all the theatrical release Michael Mann. So we've got Thief, The Keep, Manhunter, Last oh, of yeah. the Mohicans, Heat, The Insider, Ali, Collateral, Miami Fucking Vice, Public Enemies, and Black Hat the Director's Cut. Yeah, baby. That's some good watching there. And I've never seen Last of the Mohicans. Ooh, so ooh, I that's um, interesting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. That's the Madeline Stowathon, isn't it? Yes. You're in for a bit of a treat there. Yes. Hell yeah. Madeline Stow is a, is a... She's a very beautiful a, lady. A very tasty treat, isn't she? I mean... Hell yeah. <laughs> tasty treat. <laughs> I think mine was more respectful. So, so uh, Thief next week then, is it? Yes. I, oh, yes. I, I, I got I got Thief in preparation for the third time, didn't it? It's been sat there waiting to be watched and I've been so looking forward to watching it for like 18 months. Hell yeah. Um, God, I'm excited. Yeah. Fuck, yes. Um, so, Michael Mann, the uh, oh, when, was it, men yeah, doing Steve, their yeah. jobs really fucking well marathon. Yeah. Of yes, there's some good films coming up. I always do. So, I always do enjoy rewatching the keep as well. Hell yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy the keep. So uh, we got that coming. Um, little show note. So a rucksucker doji. Oh, we're sorry, Ian. I'm gonna be honest with everyone. I made it twenty minutes. Well, we we decided. Uh, we are going to watch it, but we decided to watch Finch instead of watching Arutsuka Doji in our Arutsuka Doji thing. But we are going to watch it this week, aren't we? And cover it next week for patrons. Oh, well, not for patrons, for everyone. Um, but yeah, it's the thing is, I we wouldn't had have this, had enough nights to no, watch Finch, would we? We had this conversation, didn't we, in the hot tub, funny enough, um, where I was like, I just. I kind of suggest it as a joke because I didn't think people would vote for it. Well, no one ever votes for your choices. No, because they're silly. (laughs) I'm actually really psyched to watch it, to be fair. Well, I'm looking forward to re-watching it, but... (laughs) Yeah. Like, I made it about five minutes past the the tentacle rape. um, And then just went... I kind of just want to enjoy things, which is and... which is which is fair enough. Uh, uh, the thing, the, the other thing is, the funny thing is, uh, Bex said to me, "Did you send Ian the theatrical cut or the director's cut?" I, I sent him the theatrical cut. I didn't send him the director. I think he would <laughs> literally message me and go, "Fuck you, I quit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, the thought had crossed my mind with the theatrical cut, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, in in all honesty, folks, I, I gave it, I gave it a go, I gave it a go, um, and I'm sorry, patrons, and I, 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 I will also apologise to Ian and say I will be more thoughtful about my choices from now on. <laughs> It, it reminds me of the time that, for playing it forward, I bought Noel the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> yeah. And me, me and Noel were just very angry on a podcast with you. Like, literally 100... And I broke the rule of buying something you think the other person will enjoy and went with, I just want to see what his reaction is. Um, and it, 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 it ever so slightly felt like that, but it's, it's not to say that we, we were supposed to be 
picking things that we know the other people are going to enjoy. That wasn't that wasn't the point of this, but it, it just it did remind me of that. Yeah. Um. So if you guys are talking to Rooksukadoji next week, yeah, we probably need to put out a poll for the one the week after. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Let's maybe have a think and come back to it. Like I, 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 I I've got one, but I've just like thrown it out there. So yeah, well, should we go back to the end of the show? Yeah, yeah. Becky's sure. nodding because I'm guessing she doesn't have one. I don't have one either, so I think. Okay, great stuff. Um, okay, so um, Pod Syndicate. We are podsyndicate.com for uh, like-minded shows such as The Iron Sequel, Entertainment Landfill, Chinchoroka vs. Punter, The Rewatch Project, uh, his film, her movie. Um, I believe, I believe that's it. I think, I hope, I pray. Um, indeed. Um, I don't know why I said indeed to myself. Um, on to news and not entirely sure there's been all that much. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just like award season seems to be kind of trundling on, um, I saw that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson started uh, publicising um, licorice, licorice pizza. pizza. Yeah, thank you. Um, and saying that he very badly wants to work with Joaquin P- Phoenix again, um, and that he wants to try and get Daniel Day Lewis out of retirement. Great, in for both. Which which um, Daniel Day Lewis has. Said that he's in that he's retired, but there are two filmmakers he will he 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 will consider he would consider coming out of retirement for, and they are Martin Scorsese and Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I mean, you know, go big or go home. Quite frankly, and fair fucking play to the guy. Yeah, yeah, a man who very much just picks what is it? Yeah, he does indeed pick what is it. Um. Chloe Zhao is being rumoured as the director of the Kevin Feige produced uh, Star Wars film. Um, that's interesting. Um, I wonder whether that will quietly go away when the second weekend box office Returnals comes out. But we'll see. Um, not entirely sure. I'm. I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get to Eternals. Um, it's it, it, I mean, Star Wars is in an interesting place. So, Rogue Squadron also got like basically delayed indefinitely. Yeah, the 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 most obvious. Oh, we should have announced. We we should have discussed this after WW eighty four. It 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 was fascinating because they announced it. It was like a surprise to everyone at this Disney Investor Day that happened. Like I think I want to say a week before Wonder Woman eighty four came out. Mm. Um. And, you know, Patty Jenkins was really, really riding high. And then that film came out. And then it's just been really quiet. And they're saying it's scheduling conflicts. And um, that made me laugh so much with the scheduling conflicts. It's like, hang on a minute. You have scheduling conflicts with... I don't know what else fucking um, Patty Jenkins does. But you have scheduling conflicts with a woman who has made three movies in getting on for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, it's um, 
the fact that okay, like Wonder Woman three is probably going to happen at some point, but like there has other than Warner Brothers greenlighting it, there hasn't been any fucking word on that whatsoever. And you know, I, I don't know. A year is a long time to sort out your schedule if 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 you're not actually kind of like doing any active filmmaking, mm. but. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's a shame, but it feels like Disney are still very very scared of doing one off non like big trilogy Star Wars movies after after Solo and Solo. I mean, like it was a disappointment, but it wasn't like it lost money. Yeah, made plenty of money, just not as much money as they wanted. Um, and you've got so much Star Wars content on Disney Plus at the moment that it does. It does feel like for the immediate future, Star Wars home is TV. And to an extent, I think that makes sense, but it's a shame. Mm. But this is the thing I've been like, I've been catching up on the Mandalorian um, over the last week or so. And I know people said it uh, last year when the series first came out and whatnot, but that fucker is basically just like watching a film on TV every week or like part of a film on TV every week. It's very impressive. You enjoyed it, didn't you, Bex? What's that? Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I started it. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I just lost... Lost flow. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. I, I mean, like... To be, to be fair, like I watched episode one of season two last month, and before that, I watched season one maybe last year. So it's taking me plenty of time to get round to Mandalorian, but I'm enjoying it when it's there. What, what, what I will say about Mandalorian, I, I, it's something I, I, I won't watch. I'll be, I'll hold my hands up and say I, I won't watch it. Not out of any fucking like any, I don't have a stance against it or anything like that. I just, I don't want to uh, is the honest answer uh, but one of the weird things is I really enjoy how much like in the little the, we reference it quite a lot in our little boy chat I, I enjoy how much like Mike and Noel and uh, John and then Ian like it and I enjoy sort of reading their interactions but like going right this is great how much you know like my friends are enjoying this but not at any point <laughs> at any point have I gone I should watch this I don't know why yeah it's really good it, it, it probably is I, I, it, I would probably enjoy it but for some reason I just the thought never occurs in my mind there's 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 too much content that that's the thing and it's like i'm i one of the one of the things i really love about films is like okay they might be part of a franchise they might be sequels and whatnot but you spend your couple of hours and you've been told a story from start to finish but this this, you know, is, this and, is the argument I, I i have i have with bex uh sometimes is i um uh, you know, even if you take away the, if a film's shit, you've probably wasted two hours of your life. If a TV series ends shit, you might have wasted a hundred hours of your life. I'm glad you're not going to waste those because you enjoy bits of it throughout. But it's just, there's a small part of me that goes, and I have enjoyed TV. It'd be wrong to say I haven't enjoyed TV. I've, uh, recently, I've very enjoyed watching Ted Lasso. Um, but I, I still am a little bit of the mindset of, You've got with a film three hours to tell me a story, and it can have such a great effect on me. That I just don't see why sometimes people need twelve hours to tell me a story. 
And that's just it, it, yeah. it, it, it's a it's a difference of opinion on um it's it's like when people say I don't understand I how people can get that involved in a game. Yeah. I do understand how people can get that involved in a game. I just can't myself. And it's the same with TV. It's just it's not my medium. But then there'll be people who'll go, so hang on a minute, you can just sit down and put on a vinyl record, just sit down, do nothing, and just listen to it. Yeah, easy. I mean, it's, it's different strokes for different folks, yeah. isn't it? It's like um, some will watch films, some will watch TV, some will watch YouTube videos about um, northern men eating takeaways. <laughs> yeah. That, that's um, it. Hi, Noel. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's it, it, it's a pick your poisons and pick your pick your attempt where you can get it from. And it's it's it, it as long as people are enjoying something, I'm 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 all for I'm all for fucking enjoying things. And um, before we uh, before we move on to trailers, one last one: um, idiotic COVID stance claims a victim, a film victim. Ice Cube will not be in the new Jack Black comedy. Oh hell no. Because he won't be vaccinated. That is a shame. I would watch Ice Cube and Jack Black in a comedy. Absolutely no problem. But at the same time, you don't want to get fucking vaccinated and like potentially spread it to people uh, around you who are getting vaccinated. Fine. Don't take. Don't have a fucking job then. I, 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 I really hope the minute that Ice Cube pulled out of that, I really hope Jack Black just got his phone out and went and just dialed and went. Hello, hi, yeah, you double jab, yeah, I might have a job for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I watched the shit out of an old called, yeah, and Jack Black comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, uh... By the way, I am not saying that, 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 that black, that, 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 that black ex-black rappers are interchangeable, I'm just saying that is the logical jump, isn't it? <sighs> you, um... yeah. I like a bit of LL Cool J. Yeah, there we go. Good. It's going to be interesting. From Monday in Wales, you've got to either show the NHS COVID pass showing you've been double vaxxed or show the result of a lateral flow test from literally that day if you want to go to the fucking cinema in Wales. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. I'll tell you what. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Real interesting. That reminds me, I need to take a fucking... La- oh, sorry, I'm going into the office tomorrow. I need to take a lateral flow like tonight slash tomorrow morning. Sorry, I just reminded myself. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, Life admin yeah. on air. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I, yeah, that just reminded me. Um, so, uh, trailers. I'm going to start off with the Bruce Willis <laughs> VOD of the week. Fortress! <laughs> Fucking hell. He's done another one. <laughs> we, just, we said that earlier, didn't we? We're like, it's, we the, it's every week there's yeah. a new one. And again, I mean, like, what's it, what's it this time? Jesse Metcalf plays a guy who goes to see his dad on an island, thinks his dad is a normal person. But what, it turns out that the island is some sort of compound that his dad is some trained killer and then it Looks like his dad gets kidnapped by Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, you're looking at it going... I, 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 this is the one that has Shannon Doherty in it, who doesn't even get credited. Oh, wow. Like, and, That's who that was! Yeah, 
and you were recognised. It's like when, when Jesse Metcalf. Chad Michael Murray, Bruce Willis are all getting credited, and then it's just like Sean Doherty is in the trailer so much, and then just doesn't get credited at all. You know that she's either said, "Don't you fucking put my name on this," or she's pissed people off to the point of where they've gone, "We're not putting your name on this." Oh man! So in this trailer, there is a line. Chad Michael M- Murray says any last words to Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis says. All transactions are final. (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? I I, I just, yeah. Do you know what? I'm actually going to watch this one, though. Yeah? Because I'm kind of intrigued, and I know it's going to be really, really bad. But I also do still maintain that I think Chad Michael Murray was was quite close to actually being a bigger star. It's just he liked to party a little bit too much and then but didn't like a lot of them go, like, I will party, but I will still turn up to set knowing my lines. I will still turn up on time and all of these things. He just fucked it off too much. He went Ryan Philippe. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, you never go full Philippe. <laughs> no, never go full Philippe. Um I don't think I've got that 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 much if I'm honest. It felt like a quiet one, but there was um, the new trailer for Meet the Ricardos. Yeah. Um, so, which actually gave you an idea of what the film is about. Um, and it's like, right, okay, I can actually kind of get a sense of why Aaron Sorkin's making this. Um, let's see how it goes. It feels. Yeah, that fucker feels like a tightrope. Yeah, it does. It feels like if it comes out and it's under 110 minutes, you know it's shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just the fact it feels like there's no heat around that at all. But then again, I mean, like it's not out for a month. And um, it just, between that and Don't Look Up, like you've got Amazon have got Meet the Ricardos, Netflix have got Don't Look Up. It kind of feels like put in a fucking it feels like gorilla versus kong <laughs> not got you know you know what i mean like it, it's don't look up starry cast starry director you know it, it, it just people all over the place in that thing this nicole kidman doing makeup again yeah but i i i, I like me aaron sorkin yep um you know, like the Chicago Seven was uh, was perfectly good. Um, Molly's game was fun, so let's let's see how it goes. Yeah, I, I really I, I enjoyed Charlie Chicago Seven, and I really liked Molly's game. I liked Charlie the Chicago Seven and didn't like Molly's game. Is that because Jessica Chastain in it? And you don't, don't like, like Jessica. I, I find her charisma not good. She yeah. fails the vibe check. This this yeah. seems weird though. This because it would appear that sometimes Nicole Kidman's doing a really good Lucille Ball voice, and then mm. sometimes she's just doing Nicole Kidman voice. Like mm-hmm. you either have to like lean in or not. You can't sometimes do it. Yeah, that I think is my that worry could be a really. Bit. Yeah, she's not a great actress, to be fair. So it's a bit of an odd one. It's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, she's got uh, red hair though, so Amazon. there we go. <laughs> yeah, Amazon Prime, twenty first of December. Yeah, so we'll we'll see on a Monday, 
which is weird. I get it's around Christmas, but that's odd. Um, in, I think fucking... Don't look it up. I think it's Christmas Eve. I think it is, yeah. Which is bizarre. Like, I want to watch Don't Look Up. To be, to be fair, it's getting a theatrical release a couple of weeks beforehand, so I, I probably sent myself out to the cinema anyway. But if not, I'd like to see that the day it's on Netflix, but it's also Christmas Eve. Yeah, we will be watching that on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, odd. Odd one. It feels like a good between Christmas and New Year one. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Mm, mm. So, uh, yeah, we shall see. It, it kind of feels like the um, uh, we've we got some big boys coming. Like Licorice Pizza got dated for the UK for New Year's Day. Oh, I'm looking um, forward to New Year's Day going to see Licorice Pizza. Hell yeah. I, w- I was really worried that was going to be like, oh, it'll be out in mid-February. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's still a few weeks after the US, but at least we're getting it in, in some kind of good time. Yeah. Yeah, very much. That's that, that, that's. That's very much my jam. Yeah, nice. Uh, what else have you guys got? Um, Silent Night. Uh, an ensemble piece starring Matthew Good, Kieran Knightley, Lucy Punch, that kid from Jojo, Jojo. Rabbit. That is right, isn't it? Yeah. Jojo Rabbit, yeah. Uh, for some reason, as I say, I thought, that doesn't sound right. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, other people. Um, it seems to be set at Christmas, on Christmas Day, but then there's some kind of event happening, an end of the world event that like they already know last, about. Last Christmas before the end of the world, the following yeah. morning or something, yeah. Like, like Boxing Day, the world's going to end. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that uh, sounds fun. But yeah, it, it, it's a black comedy kind of looking thing. Um, it, it looks like it's either going to be quite entertaining or insufferably insufferable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and what else was there? Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, the final trailer, <laughs> um, where they're not even trying to hide uh, or anything like a hint at Dan Aykroyd now. It is just Dan Aykroyd in this, by the way. <laughs> well, I think that was meant to be the big reveal, wasn't it? Yeah, but just kind of feels a little bit. Well, yeah, he's in like the first trailer and he's at the end answering the phone, and then this one he's just basically talking over the entire fucking trailer. Yeah. I'm excited for this, so you can both fuck off with your misery. That's fine. <laughs> look, I, I, look, I mean, it's to be clear, it is Jason Reitman specifically. Like, I, I you know, the, the word on it, it just seems very either you're going to be super in the tank or it's a cynical piece of shit. And I'm really looking forward to having one of those opinions. Yeah, I, 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 I'm very similar on that. The new trailer gives nothing away. I don't even think there's any. I think there's hardly even any new footage in it. I think it's just because it's been on the go for so long. They've been like marketing it for so long. They just have to get new, get it back in people's brains, don't they? Yeah, uh, and I, I think that was that was it. That there's been much else. It it, it feels like that's going to do well. It it it, fe- it feels like that people are kind of uh, are up for this Ghostbusters. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, and. I, 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 I will 100% give it a fair shake. Like I think the it's, the Reitman publicity trail has been fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um and just like oh god sorry shit. Uh I'll be quick. This week that quote of his saying that it, it like it, it he'd been running away from it for years and then just realized it was basically his destiny to make it. 
what because you were destined to have like two or three films do really really badly and you needed a hit so your destiny was to make it to save your filmmaking career was it jason well done well done it, it it's it's just it's so fucking two-faced and yet people are fucking buying into it because they like ghostbusters and it it, it fucks me off but hey if the film is good I will be saying it. Don't don't get me wrong. I'll basically be saying it through gritted teeth. But I'm not going. I am not going in. Going. I want to hate this. No, you're going to I, give it I, a fair, you know, I, fair point. I would. I I would love for Ghostbusters Afterlife to be great and that revitalise Ghostbusters, and then we move on whatever fucking path we're going to move on with Ghostbusters. That 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 would be ace. You know, I'd probably rather Jason Reitman doesn't do another one, and quite frankly, I don't think he will. I think he'll be dropping it like a hot potato once he's hot shit again. Um, but hey, who's to say? I mean, you know what? If in five years' time it turns out that Jason Reitman is basically the, the new godfather of the Ghostbusters universe and he's directed a few of them and he's produced to some or something like that, fair fucking play. I'll eat my words. But nah, he's using it as a stepping stone. And it just annoys me that it's probably going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I think I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just going to say it. And I'm fucking annoyed by that. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. Uh, any more trailers? No, that's it, man. Yeah, quiet one. Um, hopefully I have some more next week. It, it, it feels like there's not really much big coming out this week. So... Like, there's no big trailers as a result, whereas next week we got Ghostbusters, the week after we got um, House of Gucci in and Canto. You know, it's like the hits keep on coming after this week, basically. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll be getting some biggies soon. Okay, so let's start. Fuck it. I almost, in a way, just kind of want to get get this out the way. So let's talk Eternals. So it's directed by Chloe Zhao and stars um, Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, Barry uh, Kigo, uh, uh, Keegan, um, uh, Brian, the boy Brian, Tyree Henry. Um, and uh, others so well, it's ten Eternals so plenty of them Angelina Jolie's in it for fuck's sake forgot about her <laughs> um, Christ film kind of does as well but anyway um, so Etern- the Eternals Eternals is about a group of beings from the planet Olympia called Eternals who come to Earth and rid the Earth of these nasty creatures called Deviants and they are told by their kind of god, whose name I forget starts with an A, um, Arpashad, 
Ar- Arshed. Arashem. Arashem. That's the prick. Arshed. Ar- yep, that's him. Arshed. So, Arshed. Um, and Arshed says, basically, you're not allowed to do anything to affect the human course of history. Uh, but one of them makes a plough at one point, which seems to um, get away from that. And they show them all sorts of fancy stuff. Anyway, um, present day, de- deviants are back. Loads happens on that day. Present day? Loads, ha- yeah. Loads happens on present day. Is that why you get a present, just to make up for all the events? For all the, for all the shitty things yeah. that seem to happen on present day, yeah. Fair. Oh, dearie me. Um <laughs> And uh yeah, present on present day. Well done. That's good. Um good bit. Um on present day, um the deviants come back and uh they all the eternals kind of split up and they all have to get back together to work out why the deviants are back. Just a tangent for one second there, Ian. You say good bit. He does that every time it says present day in a film. Oh, I've never heard it, so I thought it was a good bit. Yeah, no, no, no. What I mean is imagine living with that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I get it. <laughs> I could do it this soon, don't I? Yeah, you do, yeah. He's fucking giggling to himself. Leans really. over and he whispers, Fucking hell, present day again, loads happens on that day. <laughs> um, it's good to be pretty. Okay, so, Eternals. Uh, Mark. Yes. Your thoughts on Nomadland on this uh, podcast are quite well. Uh, oh, uh, were quite well discussed. Yeah, hideous piece of shit. Um, there you go. Yeah, a, a bunch of incredibly wealthy people essentially s- pretending to slum it and thumbing their nose at uh, people who have actual problems. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. It's fair. Yeah. Um. So. And, you know, through through the podcast, we've been talking about Eternals and basically we've all been a bit, uh, all right then. <laughs> if we have so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's tick that box. Um, it's like you can have Spider-Man No Way Home as a treat if you watch Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Um, you if, you, if you eat your entire plate of broccoli, <laughs> you can have... The Spider-Man pudding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've now all eaten the broccoli. So, did your expectations going in match what you thought of the film overall? Do you think there is a chance that maybe because expectations were quite low coming in, that maybe going out you were, huh, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be? Um... I, yeah, I went in going, I want to at least be entertained for two out of the two and a half hours. Or I want to be at least in, like, be involved with two out of the two and a half hours. Um, so I was basing to myself, I will take right now a six and a half, seven out of ten that doesn't bag too much. I'll take a bit of bagging, but I don't want it to be too baggy um, for that. I, I I don't mind coming out and going, yeah, it was a long film, but I don't want to come out and go, fuck, I just wanted that to end. I think was where I was 
with it. Um, and at the end of it, um, I was very much like, I do feel like I've watched a, a two and a half hour movie, but apart from the fact that it, it, it takes too long to end, um, I, I was actually really quite pleasantly surprised by Eternals, to be honest. Like, like overall, it, it, it's, it, it's a, it, it's, it's a lot better. I don't think it's perfect. I think there is, I think they've, they've done too much with it. Um, trying to introduce that many characters is difficult and it does make you go, you can't give the same love and affection to all of them. Um, but I think there's enough there with some of them to make me go, I will happily watch a film about those. I would happily watch a film about those. I don't think we're going to get these films, but I would happily watch a film about those. I'd happily watch a film about those. Um, I, I do think it suffers from one of the, um, one of the ones that it focuses on, um, essentially giving off far too much. Oh, you're very TV. Which one? Uh, Richard Madden. Oh, he's he, awful. He, he's a TV actor. Mm. Um, and he's like the main... And that, that's not to denigrate TV actors, but it's just... I don't think he's got the same... Um, let's give an idea. Let's give an example against the things. Um, Barry Keon there is not in this a lot. Is it? Yeah. But his... His um, screen presence um, and just it, there's a, there's an energy to the guy in terms of when he's on screen that you go, do you know what? I'll fucking watch that fucker in anything. That's the difference, isn't it? I, I will watch that fucker in absolutely anything, and it's a similar thing to uh, I think with um, Brian uh, sorry Henry. Uh, there's a different, there's a different sort of. Oh, I'm gonna say something really fucking wanky now, but I'm gonna say it because it. Looking forward to it. Um, there's a different visual poetry to the way that people. Um, oh, I think I was just sick a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> so the way that people carry themselves that um, lends itself better to TV and better to film, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I, 20 years ago or 30 years ago saying somebody is a TV actor was seen as as, as a bad thing mm. but it's not anymore in the post 24 world because God yeah it was 24 really that kicked it all off yeah it was TV. It, you know the, the, you know Richard Madden I'm yeah. sure was it was the bodyguard thing that, that kind of drew him to everyone's attention wasn't it and people loved this this BBC TV show yeah people um, and I'm sure he was charismatic as fuck and, and very good in that. But I just don't think his energy, for me anyway, um, transfers across to film. He's got the charisma of a wet paper towel. In um, whereas I, I, apparently Gemma Chan, I'm not really, I'm not seeing it in, in much. Gemma Chan's a fucking delight. But I thought she was brilliant in this. Yeah. Um, but then I, I think you could also put. Uh, Kamal Nanjani, I think at points feels like he's the sidekick in a TV show. See, I, I, I wanted him to be good in this. He was, he was pretty awful in this. 
He's too quippy. But, but, but... The two standouts for me were, were uh, Lauren, is it Ridloff and Barry Kieran? Yeah, the, 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 their little relationship was way more interesting than anybody else's. But to answer the, the, the question that you were posing, to, to, to get back round to roundabout way of that, no, I, I was really quite pleasantly surprised at, at, at the fact that it's... It was it was odd seeing a sex scene in a Marvel movie. Um, it was odder seeing a sex scene between two people who literally have the charisma of two cardboard boxes being thrown together. Do you mean chemistry? The chemistry, sorry, of, of two cardboard boxes being thrown together. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's for, for, for what is actually awful. two quite attractive people. Yeah. Um, but it's there was a lot of. Um, and this isn't the first time Barbara done this. There was a lot of vulnerability, or um, you saw them essentially develop human emotions because essentially they're these weird little AI creatures, and then you saw them develop various sort of human emotions and different human emotions with the way that they integrated um, with um, with humanity. You know, the fact that you've got the two of them, the two of the characters, the Eternals, that managed to develop relationships were the two who, were the one who who fell in love with humanity from the instant. And Brian Tyree Henry's uh, character who essentially gave, up, gave his... up being an Eternal. Yeah. Gave up on humans. Uh, gave up on humans. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that there was that there. Um, which I thought was really quite interesting. I'll, I'll stop talking now for a little bit. <laughs> so, Bex, right, so, how much do you think Chloe Zhao actually brought to this film and how much do you think it was, just, like, the Marvel template? Like, a, a lot of the criticism of this film basically seems to be that it, it doesn't seem to know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a Chloe Zhao film or does it want to be an MCU film? How, how do you think that kind of like the uh, rock and a hard place there, like me- measured up overall? I think it's a difficult one. I think it's tried to be, it, there's certain parties involved that have tried to make it a Marvel film. And then obviously Chloe Zhao's tried to make it a Chloe Zhao film. And I think it just kind of, clunks in the middle and manages to be neither um it's it's got some it's got some really nice like imagery the bit where it's explaining the celestials and stuff and it's showing all the spacey shit is is really nice looking um but yeah i don't i mean with the exception of nomadland i don't think i've seen any other chloe Zhao films so i'm not really an educated commenter one of them i think on that but if they were going to take a chance on letting a director have a bit more free reign, a movie that is completely disconnected from the rest of the Marvel universe currently was the place to do it, I guess. And what, um, what did you think of the film itself? It, 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 it wasn't for me. I don't, I don't want to be all negative on it because I know Mark enjoyed it and I know you enjoyed it. But yeah, it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't for me. You you, you took particular to particular exception to one specific scene, didn't you? 
Oh, is it Icarus flying into the fucking sun like a fucking whiny little bitch? I mean, that was incredible. <laughs> like, just the... Like, are you actually doing this? That was just... The, the, the bit where I was like... I, I was still stumbling along in my brain, trying to find some kind of redeeming quality to this film, up to the point where they did the whole... which What song is it? Don't they know it's the end of the world? Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Fuck off. It, it, that, that was a little bit... <laughs> it was a little bit like, like... Like, whoever was in charge of that Googled... Songs about the end of the world. Listened to REM. It's the end of the world as we know it, and went. Well, that ain't gonna work. And then just clicked on the next one down. <laughs> I'd have preferred the REM one. It was. Do you know what? I am going to be negative on it. It wasn't fun enough to be fun. It felt like a Saturday morning kids TV show that they'd strung a load of episodes together, something like fucking Power Rangers, but they took all of the fun out of it. Anything that they did, any of the jokes, that they, the banter shit that they tried to put in to be funny fell fucking flat. Richard Madden was awful. The only contribution, positive contribution for me that he had to this film was the bit where they were all beating the shit out of him because I just really enjoyed seeing a bad TV actor in a Marvel movie getting the shit beaten out of him. Um, It was... It was so self-serious and thought it was really, really kind of profound. But it was just not. It had... It, it, it did it so badly that nothing held any weight. I mean, it's difficult with Marvel movies because they they announce their, 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 their stable of movies so far in advance that you know what the consequences are going to be to a certain extent. You know if people are going to die or if they're not. But to be perfectly honest, even if this the seriousness in this was done well, I would not have given a shit about any of these characters apart from Brian Tyree Henry's. And that's it. And that's just because, you know, he had a nice little family unit going on. Yeah. Um, Angelina Jolie was just nowhere to be seen in it. Um, and when she was, was not good. Um, for for essentially, really, probably the big hitter in this, she was fucking <laughs> awful. Like her, just as a singled out example, what the fuck was her accent meant to be? Because it changed sometimes, two or three times mid scene. The fact that they have Angelina Jolie in the MCU and she's essentially the Mad Cat Lady of the MCU, <laughs> um, is such a fucking weird choice. Like it, it seemed like she was kind of getting her shit together towards the end there, but it almost feels like they were tempted to go, but she could go off at any moment, as if it's like a bit of a joke. Mm. Yeah, which, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, but the whole essentially she's got essentially a form of a bad update, <laughs> bad programming, and PTSD. The fact that they called, like, whatever it was she had, Mad Weary as well. <laughs> like, that, what the fuck, right? They, they can't, they can't have missed the fact that that could be some kid on a night out going, ah, oh, mate, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to bugger off, I'm, I'm Mad Weary. <laughs> so that it, just it's... made me laugh from there anytime they fucking said it. it, it, it yeah, it, 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 it was not 
I mean, I'm guessing that comes from the comics. So. It does, but then but, but tweak it, change it to MW or something. Fucking, I'm fucking mad wary of the Marvel Universe at this point. Fucking... It, 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 go on. Sorry. I'm just going to keep ranting no. if you leave me to it, so go, go on. No, no, and I mean, it's... I, I don't know. I mean, like, I I really think I in, enjoyed it as much as I did because of lowered expectations. And um, the next watch is going to be fascinating. Just remembered a bit of news that I forgot to talk about. Um, I'll pick that up after. But I'm looking forward to watching it again just to kind of get my perspective... Like, just align my perspective. Like, Black Widow, I quite liked it in the cinema, and I could barely fucking make it through it at home. And I wonder whether Eternals might suffer a little bit of the same, but for what it's worth, if you had another one that had those characters fucking just interplaying with each other, yeah, go on then. What I don't need... It's just all the fucking world building that they're trying to... Like, the MCU is already big enough. So, and it's like there's so many potential threats now in the MCU that it's like, our shed, like, is he just going to be another threat? Because in Loki, they've introduced Kang the Conqueror with Spider-Man No Way Home. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Are they going to be introducing another big, a big bad in there as well? Or is Kang going to be the big bad? But then if you've got Kang the Conqueror or Arshed, who's this like fucking intergalactic big boy, then it's like, well, you know, is there going to be a battle of the big bads then? It kind of feels like it's sprawling off in so many different directions at this point. Yeah, it, it does feel for the first for the first time since since really like the, the first Avengers movie, um, like Marvel don't really know the direction they're going in, and what yeah. what what made it work with the first three phases was it? Let's say it was. Um, what made that work is. They seem to have control, so they seem to be. Um, they, they, they seem to know exactly where they were going. Um, they knew their end destination. Just the, the way they were going to get there might alter ever so slightly. Now they don't seem to have a clue where they're going. It's like they've gone. All right, we're going to go out for a burger. We're going to go. Let's just drive around till we find one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the fucking arrogance of having an end credits. Not just a mid-credits, but an absolute fucking arse-end credits scene. After this piece of shit of a movie. What the fuck? I, you know, I, I was sat there seething, watching these fucking credits roll by and by uh, and, I, and I, by. I, I, I was sat there kind of going, she's only here because I wanted to watch the end credits. She could be so angry. <laughs> Yeah, and it's... I mean, those end credits... I mean, the, the, the thing is... If if it was accepted Marvel, like, MCU logic now, that the mid-credits is the one that really sets shit up, and the end credits is one that is just, like, basically for the real fucking hardcore fans, at least then you'd know. But I watched that scene 
with like Kit Harrington, right? He's important all of a sudden. Then I know they mentioned his uncle earlier on. Who the fuck's his uncle? Why has he got this got this, got this sword? And then why the fuck is Blade talking to him? And it's like all these different fucking questions now. And it's like, it, I mean, it, it is the serialization of the MCU and like setting all these things up and then then playing off the paying off later on. But as Mark said, they had focus. Like at the end of the Avengers. You had like the reveal that shit actually Thanos is kind of behind this all, and then it's boiling up to Thanos, and then pays off at the end of Phase Three, um, and now it does it like yeah, just echoing. Sorry, but it, it is like right. Let's just chuck a, shit, a load of shit at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> and the thing is, they have ten Eternals here, and it's like they're seeing they're throwing. Eternals at the wall and seeing which ones of them stick at this point. Yeah. You know, like, okay, fine. Gilgamesh, who, by the way, was one of the most fun ones, yeah. is gone. He's dead. Sprite could give a fuck, could not give a fuck about, sorry. Yeah. He's gone. I, 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 I do like the fact gone. that they have basically left it open to recast anyone they fancy as Sprite. <laughs> yeah, well, she's well, human, yeah, right. So. Yeah, no, but like for the next one, they could go, look, Sprite, oh, you look so grown up, and she could just be a completely fucking <laughs> different person. True, true. We need you back. Yeah, we need yeah. to re eternalize it. Oh, oh, they, they also said, you will grow, you will turn to be human, and you will grow old. They didn't say they lost the powers. They could literally just say to her, oh, I didn't lose my powers, I'm just going to get old, so I could just, and she basically was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, it, it so. But it does feel like there's a, a good amount of, uh, of hubris to this this whole project at this stage, where you're introducing so many fucking characters that no one has had any previous experience with. They're making the same mistake that um, the DC movies were doing. Mm. Like, okay, here's the Flash, here's Cyborg. You know, like um, we saw how that went, and yet Marvel have gone, nah, we we can do it, we can do it better. And now you've got. Basically, the worst reviewed MCU film pretty much ever. A film that's done all right at the box office, but is going to increasingly have uh, competition in the coming weeks. I don't think it's going to hold very well this weekend. And yet, and yet, and yet, I liked the characters together. Um... But it it did take too long at the end, but I can't say I was that bored. I liked Gemma Chan. She can stay. Yeah. Um, I quite liked Kit Harrington. I I would have had more of him in the film. Like he actually had some fucking chemistry with her. Richard Madden, like like Beck said, like it's fucking brutal. He's he's basically right. Be Superman, but bad. Yeah. And it does the minimum viable product version of that. Didn't the boys already do that? I don't know. I, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just... Oh. Uh, go on. <laughs> You're stopping yourself. No, yeah. no, 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 please, Bex. Go on, go on. It's, it's an embarrassment of a movie. It's an embarrassment <laughs> wow. to the MCU. If I was involved in it, I would be embarrassed to be involved in it. And I am embarrassed having seen it. <laughs> you really, really I like fucking it, hated it. 
for the it just from the moment that fucking song dropped i was just like nah i that has emotionally snipped me off this movie and i really really fucking like Gemma chan i i want her to be I'd, I'd like her to be in something where she plays a human just to see if she could do it i wonder if they keep casting her as robots because crazy perhaps, rich asians well, see, crazy i haven't rich seen asians. that is she good in it Oh, she's fucking great. And the thing is, right, she's playing this woman who is, like, really successful when she's got the the husband and she's rich and she's got a kid. But as stuff goes through the film, she's very, very human. Okay, so she plays a convincing human. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, crazy... I'm fine seriously, with Crazy Rich Asians, good movie. All right, I'll give it a watch. Wait, was she in Captain Marvel? Yeah. yeah I yeah, told you she'd she been like, in another one. Yeah, we didn't she was like blue skinned or something, so oh. they're like our oh, people wouldn't recognise her, cast her again. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, uh, yeah, it, but, um, it, I liked it, but like I say, I've got I've got a feeling lowered expectations played a part. But I really like Brian uh, Tyree Henry. I really like Barry Keegan, Gemma Chan, um, the the sign language girl. Forgive me, what was her name again? Lauren Ridloff. Something Rickoff. Yeah, good. Liked, fucking loved. Oh, actually, Kamel Nanjiani was great as well. But like the fucking moment where she and Barry Keegan are get being a little bit like sign language flirty with each other, and Kamel Nanjiani's just like, "What's this? Is this new? I hate it." You know, I just <laughs> that was fucking great. Those two were um, really cute. Actually, they 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 were really lovely cast against each other. Yeah, and, and I, I will say actually, like I thought that the whole. You know, at, like at the end of the second act, beginning of the third act, where they are like, okay, they're gonna, they are ideologically disagreeing, and Kingo is like, look, I'm out. I agree with him, but I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm out, and I was convinced he was gonna come in and save the day at some point, and he doesn't. Yeah. And it is just like he had an ideological disagreement with him. Doesn't make him a bad guy. But he's going to take himself out of the situation because he doesn't want to hurt his friends. I thought that was something interesting for these films. You know, I, you know, I, I, I mean, like Sprite's motivation was less so. Just like you just really want to bang Richard Madden, so you're going to follow him. Yeah, all right. What? <laughs> yeah, it was. But that's what it was, though, wasn't yeah. it? Like you didn't really get a sense that she actually agreed with him fundamentally. Like at least. Um, Kumail Nanjiani's character was actually giving it some oh and Kumail Nanjiani's valet was fucking brilliant as well that's I'm starting to remember the things that I actually liked about the film now but at the same time Becky calling it an embarrassment and whatnot I can kind of understand that next to Shang-Chi it's just like what the fuck Ooh. and you guys haven't seen Shang-Chi God, watch Shang-Chi. It's on Disney Plus on Friday. Report back next week yeah we will be doing so I, I, I'm still quite angry that we didn't get to see that at cinema mm. It's fun. And, oh, if we're done, I've, I've got a really good tangent, but I want to do ratings. Right. Uh, I, I'm definitely not shit, because I, I, I actually really quite liked it. Uh, yeah, thanks. What are you, X? <laughs> shit. Fair play. I'm definitely not shit. I reserve the right to change my mind, as I did with Black Widow. Uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> yeah, our audience poll. Definitely not shit, 47%. Touching cloth, 20%. Shit, 20%. And Geostorm, 13%. I knocked my phone off the bed, violently voting shit on that earlier. (laughs) Nice. 
so fucking so, angry. This film made me so fucking angry. The fact that it was so long as well. Not only shit, but really long and shit. And it did, didn't did drag. You that it... it didn't drag. It wasn't that it was draggy. It was just that it was endlessly shit. Did you enjoy the uh, when it opened and there was just like an opening crawl of text oh, at the beginning? no, no. In the beginning. Yeah, see, that as well, that really fucking pissed me off in the film on the inside. In my brain, I was like, oh, that's a really fucking good start, in it? Shit. <laughs> see, I, I could not have had lower expectations for this movie. I had hopes for it, but I had really low expectations. So even like... Even, do you know what, even a passable, even a fucking Power Rangers movie would have got a better vote out of me. I liked the Power Rangers movie. Do you know why? It's good. Because they remember to be fun. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> fucking piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. So. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Put, put these four or five-year-olds in front of this movie. It's like, if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Moving on. So, you can watch Shang-Chi on Friday. I will. And you can watch it in one of two versions. Ooh, yeah, this is a bit of news. Here we go. I'm going to put my geek trousers on for a second, guys. Strap in. <laughs> so, Disney have announced that they are going to be introducing IMAX enhanced versions of 13, I think it is, of the MCU films, uh, including Shang-Chi where you'll be able to choose the standard versions or the IMAX ones with the variable aspect ratios. Um, or even if they were all shot in I- like IMAX aspect ratio, just in that ratio. So Shang-Chi, apparently the whole thing was in that ratio. 
So you will see maybe very tiny black bars at the top and bottom of the screen if you watch it in this version, but you will see an awful lot more image at the top and bottom. Um, now, there, there, there's been some um, Dune uh, like com- screenshot comparisons around lately to give an idea of the difference, which I want to try and show you guys just to give you an idea of just how much more image there actually is. Um, uh, Because I, you know, I don't think you guys have... Yeah, oh, fucking hell, that's a beautiful example. Um, So I can screen share on this, can't I? Uh, Pretty sure I can. I need to just go sort into... I think I can. Yeah, share screen. Here we go. Open system preferences. Yeah. Yeah. I can fucking do it. Go on. How the fuck do I do that then? Ah, fuck it. I'll just send you a link instead. Um, And this gives a good good idea of the amount of extra screen you are seeing. Uh, Cancel that. Fuck's sake. Where's the chat? There's the chat. And paste it in the chat. There we go. Right. Have a bang on that link. Scroll a little bit down. Yeah, uh, just gonna open it up. Oh, 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 there we are. Opening. Accept cookies. Fuck you, Theresa May. Fucking slightly cookies sent. Whoa. Whoa. That's mental. Yeah. So. To be fair, that's 1.43 to 1 IMAX, not 1.9 to 1, which is what they, um, what, what you usually kind of get on disc and whatnot, and what you get in most in IMAX cinemas. This, this is an actual IMAX image. But it, it gives an example of just how much there is. And so, you know, like the left and the right, you're not losing anything from the left and right. You are just literally gaining more image. Yeah. So I am fucking pumped to re-watch some MCU films but like having that either in certain sequences or all the way through and apparently Infinity War and Endgame have that aspect ratio all the way through them um, I rewatched Infinity War a few months back but didn't watch Endgame so I'll probably watch Endgame pretty soon in that but I think it's really interesting that Disney are adding this. I think it's interesting that IMAX are adding this because IMAX are almost go go in essentially, this is free publicity. If people actually understand how much more they can see, see seeing films in this way, that's only going to boost us. And at home, you know, Disney, Disney are like, this is like a premium like format that we have over competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I it's I think it's really exciting and I hope that Disney roll that out to more uh more more films, more content. Um I think it's it's a really pro consumer move and especially the fact that they're giving people the choice. That's it, yeah. It's clever that they're doing it and giving people the choice. But it's like I don't I I don't understand like looking at that Dune image 
why would you want to pick the other one? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's fuck- fucking crazy. So, really, really excited for that. I hope it bodes for more in the future. Um, it's one of the things that really fucking annoys me about the 4K Nolan films on um, like iTunes and stuff, that Nolan wouldn't allow that 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 ratio to be done for digital formats and it's like fair play to him he's trying to preserve the best quality experience and whatnot but it there is a set part of me that is like most people do like streaming and people do watch streaming a lot and hey nolan i bet you you watch a fair bit of stuff on streaming so it, it was quite refreshing maybe loosen the taps a yeah, little bit. yeah I, 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 i'm not Gonna start shit talking, and I'm not like, saying you were there. In start shit talking, Nolan, but it was quite interesting the fact that somebody um, put forward the question um, to Paul Thomas Anderson about his thoughts on streaming and people watching his films on what is there, and he was very much like, "I want you to see them for the first time in the cinema." So I want people to go and see Licorice Pizza for the first time in the cinema. He said, "But nobody's gonna go and see." Boogie Night for the first time in the cinema. He was like, so I hope people do catch one streaming. That's where my that's where my movies are going to live from now on. Is on streaming. He said, because that's that's the thing. He said, people don't have 35mm projectors in their houses. <laughs> and it's like it's quite refreshing that you've got a guy there saying, No, go and see the cinema, but I am cool with you watching my movies. Wherever you want to watch them, have at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying either's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's it's quite. It, it they were clearly trying to get him to say the other thing. Yeah, and didn't expect him to go to be as just pro film. This as Paul I mean, it, always is like pro the just 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 watch fucking films. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is it. It's like preference. I, you know, I'd love it if you could see all my films in the cinema all the time, mm. but that's not practically possible. So, yeah, I'd like you to have one go at it at the cinema, but after that, sure, have at it. Mm. Perfectly, perfectly sensible way of going about it, frankly. Did you yeah. see the. I don't know whether we discussed it on the podcast or whether you did it before I came on, but the John Krasinski thing. Yes. Uh, like, what was that then? Um, basically, um, John Krasinski was talking to Paul Thomas Anderson and, and had seen a film and he was like, oh, what did you think of it? No, oh, it, it wasn't a very good movie. And then Paul Thomas Anderson basically like schooled him on... Um, let me see if I can find it. Hang on. Uh, but, what film, sorry? It, it doesn't... It doesn't mention the film, I don't think. No. Oh, okay. uh, discussing a movie Krasinski had just seen Krasinski told Anderson it's not a good movie to which uh, PTA nicely chastised him he so sweetly took me aside and said very quietly don't say that don't say that it's not a good movie if it wasn't for you that's fine but in our business we've all got to support each other the movie was very artsy <laughs> you've got to support the big swing if you put it out there that the movie's not good they won't let us make more movies like that yeah it's not great for a director to shit talk a film but to be fair Krasinski's still relatively new to the being a film director who people actually give a shit about game yeah and that's probably just a lesson that he needs to learn but yeah he needs to learn that because 
I bet that put that film's director is not going to be super kind when well, he doesn't, your he doesn't mention, film isn't received yeah, well. Yeah, it, no, I know, but and it wasn't publicly; it was just in conversation. But oh, okay. yeah. but it's, it, it is very much Paul Thomas is kind of famous for just being just love film an for all being round film. good guy. Yeah, <laughs> even though like a massive cokehead in the late nineties. Yeah, but, like was it Fiona Apple? It was just like no, I don't know who it was, but it was like. In the uh, in the late nineties, I was once trapped in a room with Quentin Tarantino and PTA, basically just high and talking about films, and it was the most insufferable thing I have ever sat through. Yeah, and it's like I'd love to w- listen to those two talk about films, but if you added cocaine into the mix, I bet that would be fucking insufferable. Oh, I'd fucking love it. <laughs> But like they'd just be constantly trying to fucking talk over each other and whatnot, wouldn't they? Or just like either that, or just like if it was the it other was, way round and they were just both really fucking into what each other was saying, then fair enough. It was Amy Mann. A- Amy Mann, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, right, I'm gonna go for a pee and grab a drink. Cool. Should, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break for a minute. I'm back. Hello. Oh dear. Right. My local Cineworld have got Rocky vs. Drago for sale. Ooh. <sighs> Let's see if Hull have got it. Let's have a look. It is not on the app, but then again. <laughs> oh, it's on the website Thursday, 25th of November. My birthday! What's this for? Sorry? Rocky vs. Drago. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's my birthday. 
uh, it's playing at the View like the Tuesday, but it's not going to cost me anything for the Cine World. So yeah, Arno is. I am definitely seeing it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh man, um, oh, fucking looking forward to that. I started watching the uh, the making of today. Oh yeah. Um, have you watched any I've of that yet? That's no. oh, great. It's just Stallone, like just fucking stream of consciousness. Like it feels like if you had that as an audio track, God, you like you'd just be gently lulled to sleep by Stallone just fucking reminiscing. Yeah, he he, he talks so well about film. Yeah, he he really like he really does. I'm, I'm like I'm glad this thing exists. Mm. Um, it's, it, it, and like it's, the- it's mad that he just literally a guy a guy who he worked with one of his photographers, uh, one of his cameramen that he has that works for him, just said, "Can I can I film you while we're doing it?" Uh, and he was like, "Yeah, why not? How much do you need?" And the guy's like, "I was just gonna, like film you like with like my iPhone." He went, "Yeah, but if only like if, why why would you turn it into like a little making of?" And basically, just hired the guy as a director to do it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it look. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. I'm only about 15 minutes in, but I, I I'm having a, I'm having a good time, and it's, oh uh, man, 100% going through the Rockies and the Creed, and and the Creeds over like November and December now. I think. Yeah, they're always good to revisit. I yeah, I haven't done a Rocky series watch in a while now since we did it. For before Creed, did we do a? Because I know we we covered fucking Rocky Four. Like we did a commentary for that back in the day, um, which, if if I remember to include this, folks, is in the back catalogue of episodes on the normal feed. It's there somewhere. You can find it. Yeah. Um, but did we do? We did all of them. We did all of them. No, we didn't. Did we? No. No, we didn't. We definitely didn't. I don't know how worth it is, like, actually kind of, like, really... I mean, I'll talk about them and what, what we've been watching and whatnot, but yeah, uh, I, mean, I kind of feel like, like that, right? what can you say about Rocky? Yeah. I think, I think on the Rocky 4 one, I think we both got drunk as well. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure I did. <laughs> I think we're both quite drunk <laughs> on the Rocky 4 commentary by the end of it. It's going to be interesting, that. It's, um, it was it, weird, though, because the, uh, the View one said that there was a Q&A. Yeah. Um, the Cineworld one doesn't. I think but I'll do. it's going to be the same DCP. I'm assuming it's a recorded Q and A. Yeah, it's recorded Q and A. It's. I think it's happening tomorrow night. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. Okay. He's 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 uh, introducing like the, the the premiere of it is in Philly. Um, oh, that's great. And he's 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 there. He's making like a really big deal of it. I love, I love it. I love that this is happening. It's so random, but it's brilliant that it's like you know it is actually getting a bit of a big deal about it. Um, fucking great, forty minutes extra, and I, I, I know like he's taken some stuff out. I, I think the the runtime's just over two hours, if I remember correctly. Um, but it's fucking exciting. It's really, really exciting. I'm getting. More and more up for it as as it gets closer. Yeah, I I, I just can't wait. 
I wonder if it's playing the Odeon earlier than that, because I, I want it. Anyway, um, I'll tell you what, guys. Why don't we do your, your what what we've been watching? I don't have any this week, so uh, folks. So I'm going to uh, hand it over. Well, we, we watched Escape from New York, didn't we? Yes, we did. Uh, uh, I talked about it the other week, and we watched uh, we rewatched uh, Escape from LA a few weeks ago, didn't we? And obviously, I think we watched this the night of the podcast, didn't we? After discussing the poster that we didn't get. <laughs> Escape from New York? Yeah. Yeah, I think we might have done, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so we, yeah, we, 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 we watched Escape from New York. Um, I, I'm going to go on record now and say this is my favourite Carpenter movie. It's very good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's so brilliantly entertaining and so fantastic looking. I didn't realise until this week when I saw it on Twitter that um, that James Cameron was one of the Matt painting artists. Mm. Yeah, he did the uh, like the um, the the stuff that looks like a computer grid. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just like and he also did like some of the backdrop scenes. Like the map here. Yeah, that's awesome. It, yeah, it's it, it's that that kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> it's like it, it, very much James Cameron will be a guy who will tell you how talented it is, but he does kind of have the you know the talent to back it up across the board. <laughs> that man knows a lot of facets of cinema. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, it's there's too not too much to say about Escape from New York other than it is just it's it manages to do what so many films do in an opening like half an hour where a film will take a half an hour to establish everything. Mm. It manages to do all that in literally a what minute and twelve seconds yeah. of Jamie Lee Curtis doing a voiceover to a computer screen. And then it just gets on with its shit. Yeah, and and backed up by just a fucking banger of a score. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. See, I don't normally notice scores, but I've commented to you while we were watching it, didn't I? Yeah, it, 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 it feels part of it and just, mm. it's, yeah, it is an absolute, it's perfection. Yeah, it should have got the poster. We maybe should have got the poster, yeah. We might, <laughs> we, we, it, it still exists. We can get it yeah, if we want to true. at some point. Um but yeah. The uh, ones that arrived are good though, aren't they? The ones that have arrived are good, yeah. We just need the other ones to arrive, don't we? We do. Then a little yeah. job for Mark on Saturday. A little job for Mark on Saturday, yeah. Um, and then next one, you can do this one, because this was your idea. Oh, so we watched, um, I mentioned it at the end, after we'd finished recording, I think, hadn't we? Uh, last week. Um, Dave Made a Maze, um, which is... You talked about that last week, didn't you? Or did you just say you were going to watch No, it? I just asked if either of you guys had seen anything about it. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. So basically, this guy is a bit of a kind of shiftless, kind of jumps from one thing to another kind of guy. And he yeah. starts when his girlfriend's away for the weekend. He starts making like a box maze in his living room. Um and she gets back and she's like talking to him in the maze and he, she's like, come out, come out. Um, we're literally introduced in the start of the film. We're not getting too much away because, what is it? Um, but we're introduced in the start of the movie is literally her getting back and him, him in the box maze. Yeah, yeah. So There's just a voice. So seeing it as she's seeing it, it's like, what, two and a half boxes? 
in it. In the living yeah, room. It, it, it's just in the middle of a not massive living room. Yeah, and <clears throat> she's saying to him, "Come out, you know, come out and talk to me properly." And he's like, "I can't. I'm lost. I can't find my way out." And obviously, she's thinking, "She's been a fucking idiot, Dave." But yeah, turns out it's bigger on the inside, and the film is bonkers. Yeah, I, I really fucking enjoyed this film. There's a, there's a what is what's it called? What are they called again? The the thing that's chasing them. A minotaur. Oh, a minotaur, yeah. It's a minotaur. Yeah, yeah. It's a minotaur on the inside chasing them. Well, minotaurs do traditionally, <laughs> like, protect mazes. Protect mazes, yeah. yeah so um, this uh, one's made of cardboard, obviously. But, yeah, but uh, all the bits that are inside that are chasing people are made of cardboard. Yeah. Um, and Dave has got obsessed with continuously making new bits of the maze while he's in it. He's got to complete it because he never completes anything. Yeah, so he's just running around with a bag that's just got loads of cardboard in it. <laughs> and, and tape and bits. It's really fucking odd, isn't it? Yeah, it, the thing is, it's... It, the good thing is, it, it, it's, a, it's an 80... Um, it's like an 80-minute movie that is just really quite sweet. Yeah. Um, handles its graphic violence in a that makes it completely not graphic yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's really quite sweet and really well made as well. Like obviously they've 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 made it the way that they have because it I'm guessing it, is very low budget. Because they've got no budget hardly. But it's it's it, the the talent that's involved in the actual making of it is sufficient to make it feel. Like it has a bigger budget than it does. Like oh, essentially, yeah. all the sets and everything are just cardboard. brown cardboard. <laughs> um, but there's that one scene that's really good where they walk into that room where there's a table and chairs and stuff like that, and it's oh, it's, it's, it's false perspective. Yeah, and it's it's like a yeah false perspective scene into and it you see it as they're walking into it and it's table and chairs and stuff like that, and then they just gradually start going around and like showing you how how it doesn't actually work. Like the table is. Is actually different bits of different bits, bits, of, yeah. bits of cardboard that are in different places. Yeah, uh, it's we watched it on Prime, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so check it out if you're on your streaming system, on your streaming services, guys. Because I do, I it, it is a really quite a, a fun watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and all the characters are quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, they are. Oh, the cardboard vagina is quite funny as well. Yes. That's not as bad as it nice. sounds. No, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's just funny. Yeah, it's a it, it, it's something that's not supposed to... Yeah, but ends up looking like a... Yeah. Yeah. It, interestingly, the lead actor is Nick Thune, uh, who is a popular American comedian, who also, in the Everybody's Favourite Kanga Jandia movie, uh, Bad Johnson... Um, where his penis comes to life, plays his penis when it comes to life. Oh, nice. And he's a really funny in it. Yeah. Yeah. More people Good. should watch that movie. Yeah, they should. Yeah. It's also known as a schlong story. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fair play. Um, uh, that was it. That was all we had for, for what we've been watching. Anyone want to know what I watched on my Oh, own? did you watch what? I did, yeah. Sorry, Doc. Yeah. So I rewatched The Night House. Nice. Uh, Rebecca Hall, speak to me passive-aggressive again. <laughs> that scene is, is just magical. It's a really fucking good film. It's, I, you know, I, I'm always a bit nervous watching stuff 
soon after I've seen it in the cinema, which it isn't that long, really, is it? Um, just in case it alters my my view on it. But it didn't. Still a five-star banger, so good stuff. Um, I watched um, a classic horror story. Um, have either of you seen this on? Oh! Bubbling around on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it a couple months back. Um, I think I, yeah, I talked about it briefly. What do you think of it? Do you know what? I really enjoyed it. I think it. Okay. Um, it obviously is is borrowing heavily from tropes from other movies, but that's kind of the whole point. It's this like jumped up film student guy that just happens to be in. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, happens to have connections so that he can actually essentially make a snuff movie but all his inspiration is coming from movies that he's obsessed with so obviously it's going to copy those movies um i think the central performance from the main girl is really good um but yeah it's just basically it's it's a classic horror story it 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 is what it is there's the there's the ditzy girl that wears not much clothing there's the really serious that got your attention didn't it It did yeah um the really serious like (laughs) guy who's like heavily into film and all this kind of shit and then there's the there's the naive young girl who happens to be knocked up so I don't know how that works on the whole final girl rules but um, yeah I I, I really enjoyed it to be fair and not not so keen on the middle section with the um, the mayor and the table and the like, the meeting yeah. and stuff like that. But when she realizes what's going on, and essentially goes on a revenge kick. That's quite good. Um, yeah, fair enough. And I watched Pete's Dragon. Yay! Yay. Um, so yeah, obviously, shit went wrong when um, when you guys sort of both reviewed it, and I was meant to, and I didn't get a chance to watch it, despite having weeks worth of notice. But I had a day set aside that I was going to watch it, and then couldn't. Um, it's really good, isn't it? I cried. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Film. Yeah, yeah. Still don't like Bryce Dallas Howard, but she didn't detract too much from the movie. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It's really, really nice and really heartfelt. It, obviously, the the story is different to the original, but similar enough that it's obvious that they've just had to change shit to make it live action. Yeah, and modernize it a little bit um but yeah really really liked it good yeah that's me fucking a okay cool um do we have ideas for the next patron vote <coughs> do you have yours yeah i don't have mine but you guys say yours and i'll say mine I don't know if I've already picked this one before, but because it's staring at me from the corner of the room, because it's just gone into its frame today, I'm going to go with They Live. I'll do. So They Live. I am going to go with a film I've not seen before. Okay. And I'm interested. And I bought it on iTunes because it was like one ninety nine the other day. Uh, Paul Verhoeven's Black Book. Is that the, the one with... Um... Carrie's Van Houten. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's an interesting choice. That's a very interesting choice. I've got your bad choice now, haven't I? You do, really. Yep. Second, I will pick one. 
I'm going to go for the Kim Basinger and Val Kilmer movie, The Real McCoy. Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Good. So that is They Live, um, Black Book and The Real McCoy. So quite an eclectic selection again, I'd say. Um, So we'll put that poll up. Um, For patrons, patreon.com forward slash film bastards. What happened? You get bored? Played some slots. You should read some books. I'm going to buy you one. I've read books. What is it with her? Name one. One what? Book. Called Poker for Dummies. I believe you may have read it. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> wow, you made it to the second dinner break. I must have fired two dozen tournaments before I lasted that long. Simon, you're left. Four tables, so should be done tomorrow. How much cards do you play? Forty hands an hour, eight to twelve hours a day, six to seven days a week. Do you do anything else? Like what? Like anything. Go to a park, a concert, a museum. A museum? Yeah, I'll buy you a book on it. It's called Museum for Dummies. <laughs> no, but seriously, you should do something else. Just for variety. I like playing cards. Let's talk The Card Counter, directed by Paul Schrader, starring Oscar Isaac, uh, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Ty Sheridan, and uh, Willem Dafoe. Um, Oscar Isaac plays William Tell, a um, poker player who likes to kind of keep out of the limelight and basically lives his life making money uh, kind of like small stakes poker. Um, he encounters um, a young man played by Ty Sheridan who knows who what William's past was and wants to help him get revenge against someone who rather shaped his life, uh, Tiffany Haddish plays a uh, kind of a poker stable owner of sorts who is uh, essentially looking for talent to go and make money on the poker circuit. Bex, uh, so Paul Schrader is an interesting filmmaker who until first reformed, it kind of seemed like was maybe never going to make anything good again. With the card counter, do you think that First Reformed was a blip, or is it like, shit? Do you know what? When he actually gets a good cast around, uh, like with him, he can he can do good shit here. No, it was a blip. Wow. Okay. Uh, You're not having a good one. I'm not really. No. no. Okay. It, it just, I found it really dry and boring. The performances were good. I liked I liked okay. Oscar Isaac and I liked Ty Sheridan and Tiffany Haddish was Tiffany Haddish. So, you know, that th- that was all fine. It wasn't anything. The the story was just it, it just didn't grab me. 
<laughs> I bet were you thinking, oh fuck, when the ti- like the the titles play out against that just like green felt and that like that really like just stark font. I mean, I liked I it, loved but it. I could see that's yeah, that it? but I could but I could see how it would be like, oh, <laughs> right, okay, then no, that's that's interesting. We'll 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 get further into it. Um, Mark. Yes. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is a guy who can pretty much pick whatever the fuck he wants to do at the moment. Yeah. Do you think he wanted to work with Paul Schrader because of First Reformed, or do you think he actually looked at the screenplay and went, I've got some shit I can do here? I think he wanted to work with Paul Schrader probably because I'm going to just spitball here, either basing this on no information whatsoever, but I'm guessing that, um, that films like Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and Last Temptation of Christ and Blue Collar, um, that these movies, you know, were, were movies that, that Oscar Isaac watched when he was young and were, were what got him interested in film. Just based on the the fact that it, he, he often will pick sort of films where you look at it and go, that seems like it could have been a mid-70s to early 80s um studio film and it, it does have those those in him and I think that that maybe um, First Reform probably had something to do with it but I think it was more to work with a in the groove Schrader rather than a Canyons and um, Dog Eat Dog Schrader yeah 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 it, it um Oh more die of light. Dog Eat Dog wasn't that bad, actually. Dog Eat Dog was all right. Yeah, the career arc of Schrader is fucking fascinating, isn't it? Yes. Like, the way he's just come come back here. I, I, I will submit to the court that the card counter may have been Mark Nip. Yeah, I, 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 I think uh, that that's correct. I think it, it, it definitely was. Um, it's... Like like you said, Bex, about it, it is it's very dry. Mm-hmm. But I was um, I, I was very aware whilst watching it. I could um, I could very much see the um, that this is a guy who forty five years ago um, wrote Taxi Driver. I, I I I felt that connective yeah. tissue was 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 certainly there, and I think there's also there's not just a um, attached to everything there. There's I think there's also there's elements of the thing is when Schrader's good, his fingerprints are all over it. When he's not, and this includes his writing as well as his directing, his fingerprints are nowhere near it. It doesn't feel like a Paul Schrader movie. Um, or it doesn't feel like a, that style of Paul Schrader movie. Whereas this had, <coughs> it had hints of um, of, of Rolling Thunder uh, was certainly in there as well. Um, with the the fact that you've got a um, 
you know, if you can pull it, pull it from Taxi Driver and you can pull it from Rolling Thunder. I'm thinking about it more, I think there's as much Rolling Thunder in it as there is Taxi Driver. Um, which he, he, he co-wrote Rolling Thunder. Um, but you've got that ex-military man who is, from Rolling Thunder, he's quite in control of his life, but has the flashes of, of remembering previous violence. But then you've also got the unhingedness uh, in the background of somebody like Travis Bickle uh, that is certainly there. Um, mm. And I, I, it, it did feel like like there was something within that. Uh, and, and those movies are very much, you know, they're the, they're the movies that I watched that, that made me fall in love with movies, um, for sure. So it was quite nice watching... Um, Schroeder is a is a very uncompromising writer, like somebody like John Milius. Um, but not... I, I don't think he's a terribly great director. I don't think... I think he's a... He's a perfectly competent director that every so often can churn out a, a very good movie. Um, but also can churn out things like Canyons, Dying of the Light, um, Witch Hunt. And things like this um, that are just not really very good, <laughs> but but yeah, I think he's. Uh, I, I think that it's clever that this isn't the movie that the trailers show you, um, but it's definitely the movie that Schrader wanted to make. But it's not a five star banger, is what I would say, because it's one thing that. Um, that Schroeder never does is his movies are never complicated. What what you think is going to happen is what will happen. <laughs> they're a they're a journey movie, not a destination movie. It's you know you, you are as a as, as a watcher you are very much you you are looking at the sat nav and going and that's where we're going and that is where you are going. There's going to be no recalculating and you go oh holy fuck I didn't know we're going there. It, it, it's going to take you to that place. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an it's an odd duck, isn't it? It, it like you, like you say, Mark. It's definitely the film that Schrader wanted to make. It feels entirely not of a piece with the like the mainstream films of today, and it's fucking fascinating that he got the cast that he got. Um. Seeing Tiffany Haddish in this, where it is like she's she is Tiffany Haddish, but just like not being funny, but it still works. Uh, at least it did for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I um, she's she's quite charming. Actually, she's got she's got a nice screen presence. She's very charismatic. Yeah, she's she odd re- seeing really, her not being really funny. Really does. <laughs> huh? Yeah, she's yeah. Odd seeing her not being funny. No, but it, 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 but but you're watching it going. Oh right! You don't have to be funny in movies. You know, you you are still just as charming when you're not being when you're, when you're not being funny. Which is clearly a choice that has been made. She's yeah. obviously wanting to expand her repertoire. Mm. And she, she, do you know what? She does a perfectly serviceable job as it. They all do. It's just, yeah. I wish I, I wish she was in it more. This is the this is the thing, right? I mean, this film's about uh, hour fifty five long, 
you know, it's not short. And, but yeah, I wish there was more of her and him. Um, like, A, I thought they had great chemistry. Mm. And it's like, when they, when Oscar Isaac, like, goes to a hotel room, and it's just like, I, like, I need to admit my feelings for you and whatnot, and then they, like, go at it. That shit's hot. Mm. It's like, I really, like, those two need to fucking kiss. And now they're kissing. This is great. Like, and, and, and which is, which is ace. Um, and it's a shame that I think for me, like, I really, really fucking, I was so into it for, like, a large portion of it. Mm. Um, I really, I fucking really liked the mood. Um, the voiceover, like, the kind of the mystery and whatnot. But the importance that it places on his relationship with Ty Sheridan, where I didn't really get it. I get that he's he, he, he like he's he's trying to stop him from going down the road like a road of like violence and whatnot. Um, but Ty Sheridan, the, the performance, and I, I think it's in the performance, and I don't think it's necessarily Sheridan. But the performance feels very sleepy. It feels very apathetic. Um, yeah, and I, 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 I agree. I, th- I think that's 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 more Schrader's writing and directing than, than, than Ty Sheridan be like that because I think Ty Sheridan is. I, I think he's a very good young actor, but I don't. I, yeah. I, I I think that one thing I will say about Ty Sheridan is again a phrase that I hate that we use pretty much weekly now is. No matter what, he always does seem to understand the assignments. <laughs> you... No, no, no. I, 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 I... But he does. That's the, that. That's the thing. But it, it by by the time it goes to Oscar Isaac, like it, it kind of like it's almost set up like he's going to win the the poker game and like that USA USA guy is going to be like fucking humiliated or what? Yeah. And then it and then it just veers off in oh no actually Ty Sheridan's going to go and try and kill Willem Dafoe and he's obviously not going to kill Willem Dafoe and then Oscar Isaac's going to go after Willem Dafoe. It, it, it's like right, you basically went the least interesting way that you could have gone. Like and it, it's and I really the thing is I liked Isaac's character and I liked his relationship with Haddish and it was actually a bit annoying that it was uh do you know what cycles of violence beget cycles of violence which feels none more trader yeah but you know the like the the kind of like the insanely fucking bittersweet ending of first reformed where if i remember correctly he's got like barbed wire all over him and whatnot he's basically about to kill himself and then amanda seafried comes in and like hugs him yeah and then it ends, and that's like a, that's a great ending. And here it's you've got the two like touching their fingers up against the the wind the, the, the glass, and it's like I haven't had enough of you two to necessarily believe that relationship. Yeah, and I'm annoyed that he's just gone down that route anyway. And it, it the ending really did take me out of it, and it is because it's not what I wanted the film to do, you know. And I, I, I you know, so I am annoyed at the film not not being what I want it to be. But I think that's valid because you spend enough time with these characters that it feels like it should be going down a 
more interesting route or a route which, yeah, I I I, I don't know, it pays off. I think that one thing um, in terms of writing has always struggled with is relationships within his within his movies. Do you know what they should have done? Um, but two seconds. Uh, but one thing I think is interesting is the fact that the, the movie opens and closes with the same line. Um, when he says, "You know, I never thought I'd be uh, one who would be." I can't remember the exact line. It would work work well in isolation, institutionalized. Um, it would work. Yeah, basically, basically, it would uh, would settle off being incarcerated, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's the opening line. What is it? And so, as soon as I said that at the start, I thought, "Right, this is going to end up with him back in prison through his own choice." Okay. And, yeah. I, and it wasn't like I think I said very recently. I, I don't. It's not like I, um, I. I'm really good at finding out. You know, working out the endings. Me, but I just thought with that line, it's such a It's such a. a, a, a a well Pointed thought out line yeah, yeah. that it, it's a signpost because mm. that's because that's what Schrader is like uh, from his movies, and that's not a for me. That's not a criticism, but I can absolutely see why other people. I can see why people would find Schrader's movies written or directed cold. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably agree. With yeah. That. But um, but I don't really care. I think if you want to see a warm no, version of this, go watch Rounders. Rounders is great. Oh, I like Rounders. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, like the first two acts I was like pretty into. I mean, like I say, I wasn't loving the Sheridan Isaac relationship. I was fucking interested to see where it was going. Um, You know, I liked the journey. I just didn't particularly like the destination. That that's how I would sum it up. Really. Yeah, I, I, I will admit I didn't. It's in a, a movie where everybody feels quite, um, quite realistic as their sure. as their people. They feel like people like like people that that could exist. Like you know, if I'm going to do my clock face at like one, so to like. The, the clock face of reality of, of our, what is it? Okay. So like uh, they, they could exist at like one a.m. for that. Whereas and that's where Oscar Isaac was, Tiffany Haddish and Sheridan and bits like that. And but Willem Dafoe did feel a little bit more cartoonish. Yeah, played yeah. played bad <laughs> general. Hmm. Um, and he he did feel a little bit like that. And so with that. It, Kind of took away from that a little bit, um, and then the. But it was quite interesting with the VR perspective. Um, so you know when you, you get in the flashbacks, um, and um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just got what you meant. Um, yeah. So the, you, you had the, 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 the camera bit. Um, for the flashback, so as you're seeing it from Oscar eyes, it's looking at what is it? It's a VR perspective, right? So I, I, I'm fairly certain that they've been shot on a VR camera, oh, um, which is why it looks fucking odd. But it's 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 a it's a different perspective to give it. I thought that was quite interesting, and it's the sort of shit that Schrader 
likes to do in his directed films that, when he's got some money. That shot, that shot fucking rule. Yeah. Like that and that bit where Isaac and Haddish are walking through that like oh, the fucking loom. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and then it kind of like tracks around it and then pans out. That was that was lovely. Like that was a it got that I I think that cemented the oh shit they kind of mean something to each other don't they mm. thing down it just then you don't really get much of them together before you're getting towards the end of the film from there no it, yeah it it, it, it it doesn't no it, it it's an interesting film though that's the thing and it, it does feel like one of those they don't make them like this anymore kind of things and I'm, you know, I'm glad that this got a theatrical release. I'm glad that this wasn't just like content on Netflix for week fifty-two of year twenty twenty. You know, like it, it's it 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 feels like it's had some it, it's had some presence because it's got a theatrical release and people have taken notice of it and people might not necessarily like it, but it is it's different. It's not red notice, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I from Becky's point, I, I get it that it, it's not, not, not your speed, and I think that's absolutely fair enough. And mm. I think if if I wasn't as in the tank as I was for kind of like the style of it, I think I, I wouldn't have had nearly as good a time with it. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 as it was, yeah, yeah, I, I, I loved those opening credits. I fucking loved oh, yeah, those great. opening credits. They were so, they were so, they were. They were achingly unfancy. Like, like there was a really fucking fancy version of it that looked like a fucking Bond opening credits done. And Schrader looked at it and went, fuck off. No. And then just went and just made it for like, for like 30 quid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. I can't um, admire that about it. Yeah, definitely not shit. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, it, it's not one that I, I. It's not one that's going to be in my top ten at the end of the year or anything like that. Um, wasn't really expecting it to be, so it's not like it's a disappointment. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I'd watch Tiffany Haddish in um, serious roles again for sure. Um, and yeah, good time. Yeah, I'm definitely not shit as well. Bex. Um, the acting and the look of it pull it up from a shit to a touching cloth for me. The story's just boring. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but then army shit never does kind of land with me. Like, you like war films? Like Vietnam movies. Fair enough. Um, Not fucking Iraq movies. Our audience poll, 60% definitely not shit, 20% touching cloth, and 20% shit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Our last feature review for the week is uh, what Apple are saying is their biggest opening weekend for Apple TV ever, but are providing no stats. <laughs> so, 18 people watched it! <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, okay, fine. It, it, it feels like Apple TV is carving out a niche, to be fair. Like, people seem to respect it. Um, yep. they're making smart choices so fair play 
Um, but yeah, this is uh, Finch, directed by Miguel uh, Sapochnik, uh, starring Tom Hanks, Caleb Andrew Jones, and a dog. Can, can I just very quickly say one other thing about Card Counter that I forgot? It's a very, very quick thing. Please. How many different pages of producers were there on that movie? <laughs> that was fucking great. <laughs> Martin Scorsese presents The Card Counter. Martin Scorsese and about a dozen other executive producers <laughs> presented it, actually, yeah. but okay. Sorry. It tickled me when that came up. And then she turned back yeah, to it and went, fairly certain we produced this as well. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> carry on. Um, no, no, you're all good. It's a, it's a good point. Um... We may have to lose it. Floored. Floored. Put your foot on the gas. Do it. Do it. Just do it. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. That means an underpass. I understand. Now, now, hard left! So, yeah, Finch is the uh, story of uh, Finch by Barry Tom Hanks, who... um, is surviving in basically a post-apocalyptic wasteland, uh, but due to essentially radiation poisoning, he is dying. Um, he has a dog, um, called Dog, for the most part, um, and he wants the dog to be okay once he's gone, so he builds a robot, which is motion capture performed and voiced by Caleb Landry-Jones. So... Do you know what? This is one that when you said last week, Mark, oh, I'm going to watch Finch, I was like, oh, yeah, that's out. Okay, yeah, fine. And then I just, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch Finch. And I'm I'm going to start here, but um, I think it's it, it's going to be pretty high up in my surprises of the year, personally. Um, won't be in my top ten, so it's allowed, uh, as per our rules. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was charming. I thought it was obviously cribbing from a lot of other stuff, but I kind of don't care. Um, It just did it. It it was formula, but it did it really well. The Amblin logo comes up at the start and you kind of know where you're at and it feels Mm -hmm. Amblin-y, like classical Amblin-y. And it's also helped by Tom Hanks, like really like committing. And Caleb Landry Jones doing some fucking incredible motion capture work, along with some seamless CG. Um, I, yeah, I I thought it was cracking. I thought it was a lovely, lovely, lovely little film. And I know what Mark thought of it. So, Bex, what do you think of Finch? Oh, you really need to stop coming to me first on this week. I have not had a good week with movies. <laughs> 
Fuck off, really? It was Finch. It was so bleak and sad. And like, I knew what it was about. So I wasn't expecting it to be like a fucking laugh riot or anything. But Jesus Christ, having him it not even get to the Golden Gate Bridge. Let him get to the fucking bridge, then die. That was horrible. The bit where um, he sat and they're, you know, they're able to go outside for the first time in ages without wearing the thing and he's put on his special suit that he bought and, you know, they're playing ball with the dog and then he fucking coughs blood all over his special suit and just how fucking sad he looks about it. Have him die quietly. Like, that bit was horrible. The bit where he dies in the trailer and then the dog starts fucking howling. I was nearly in tears. The bit where um, Jeff is trying to get the dog to play ball with him. And the and the, the the last time he throws it and the dog's coming back to him and you think, he's going to go to him, he's going to go to him. And then it just walks past and he's just like, please. In a really fucking sad voice. There was no reason for this film to be so... Sad. I know Tom Hanks is dying and that's why he's built the fucking robot to look after the dog. But Christ almighty. I I felt like slitting my wrists after watching this film. But I'm not going to sit here and deny that it was good. It was good. But my, my, my soul wanted to like cry. What a bleak film. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I get that. Um, absolutely. Um, and I think, I think what kind of maybe helps you get through it is the fact you know, like the whole premise of the film is he knows he's fucking dying and he's got to teach this robot. But there's ways to do it in there. But he, yeah, but he teaches the robot. Yeah, but no, but I mean, there's, there's, there's ways to kill him off that aren't that horrible. But what in that world? Well, like, just have him find him asleep and then bury him. You don't have to hear him coughing his last breath out and then have the dog howling in the trailer. It, it's effective, though. It is effective. Obviously. You just got... You, you don't let it upset you. Hello, Kiki. You all right? <laughs> they should have got to the bridge and then as they were, like... To stay there for a night and then as they're about to set off the next day find him dead in the trailer let him get to the fucking bridge bleak but but Jeff carried the memory of him After I just thought it, it, yeah it was bleak it, I just thought it was melancholy like the mission was achieved anyway, but Mark, Mark what do you think of it? I, I, I was really quite taken with it to be honest um I, I don't think it was that. I think it was, I think it was bleak, but in a a really odd way, in the sense that I, I think that the film was set in a bleak world, but showed you a a sweetness within it of you know this. This guy essentially doing this thing of he's got the, the dog. The, the dog has become is is that important to him? But he knows that he's going to outlast the dog. But also, he can't he can't give the dog to a relative. He literally has to build a robot to look after his dog. 
because the dog is that important. The dog basically assumes the thing of a child there. Um, and But then at the same time, he has to kind of... The, the robot also becomes... You know, Jeff becomes a little bit of a child, but in a, in a completely different way that is, that is that. And he has to... He, the, the the AI mechanisms of Jeff, he's kind of not expecting and not expecting to have to deal with the fact that Jeff isn't just a isn't just a teachable robot that he can kind of program to go. You need to feed the dog. You need to do this. That the, the the robot is going to develop these emotions. I thought I thought Caleb Bunny Jones both as a mocap thing is interesting. Hmm. As a market thing, because it could have, and I, I, I mentioned it on that when I was talking about it uh, earlier on the, um, on the text. Um, it's quite, it would be quite easy, a for somebody else to do the mocap and Landry Jones to just do the voice. But I don't think Landry Jones would be that kind of actor who would do that. He'd go, no, I want to do the mocap as well because I want to get into the character and I want the, I, I want to be able to control the physicality of the. Of the character, because Kelvin Jones is quite a physical actor in a weird way. We always think of physical actors being more Jim Carrey esque and being more comedic, but um, De Niro is a physical actor. It, you know, in terms of um, De Niro can do does more facial facial acting in Casino than most people do acting in their entire fucking careers. <laughs> Um, what he does, but he brings that slight awkward oddity to it. There's a bit where he gets he gets in the passenger seat of the chair, but he's never got in the passenger seat of a chair, so he isn't quite sure how to get in it. So he kind of stands on it and turns around in it, but it's like a dog would sit down. Oh, the bit where he's learning to walk, and, and then, then you he's can see him in the window. Yeah, but there's running. There's such a sweetness to it. That there it brings this this thing and, and yeah there is a horribleness to the fact that that, that you just want the what is it and he keeps the fact that Jeff keeps turning out Finch and saying you know it, it starts from he doesn't like me to I don't think he likes me to a very pained I don't think he likes me and it's it's almost like Jeff is saying to Finch I don't think I can do what you need me to do because. Goodyear doesn't like me and he's almost yeah. sad about it because he just doesn't want to disappoint his essentially his father and it's very derivative of, of you know androids robots whatever you want to say movies for this but when it's done with this level of sensitivity it works and the fact that Kaylee Jones I think I think is a fantastic actor um, and will in 20 years' time, be one of the great character actors of his generation. Um, and it's so interesting that he brings that level of... Humanity, I guess. Yeah, to this character that you you fucking feel for it. And then at the end of it, when he... It, you go... It, it finishes and you go, do you know what? He's going to be all right. And the fact that, um, that the, the director, uh, Miguel um, Supachik... Sapochnik. I said Sapochnik. Or yeah. Whatever. Um, the fact that he um, he basically there was more shot 
there was an interaction that Jeff had with humans that didn't go well, I don't think. Oh, right. Oh, I'm glad they didn't include that. And he said that when he watched it, he said... And it, I think, I think actually, I think it had Skeetle Reek in it as the bad dude, which kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, but he said that when he watched it, he said, he said it didn't make sense for the story. The story wasn't improved by it. Mm. It was actually detriment. He said, so we removed it because we needed to have the idea that Goodyear and Jeff were going to be all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, 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 and I, I, I loved that. I, I, yes, it's horrible, but it, it, I don't know. I, I, I got, I was the opposite, I think, to you about it. I viewed it from the opposite angle, I think, in the fact that I was quite charmed by it, uplifted by the end of it. And it, as it finished, I was like, like I've said already, I was like, they're going to be all right. They're going to be fucking all right, Jeff and Goodyear. The thing is, I think it took it to some. On a scale of bleak to bleak places at points. I'm not going to... It's a fantastic film. The fact that I feel so passionately about the fact that... I didn't like the fact that it made me sad. is testament to that. It, it is a fantastic film. Um, I forgot when I was when I was saying about the bits that made me sad. The bit with Dewey when he gets in the trap and he has to switch him off. That's horrible. Yeah. Like really horrible. It's like putting an animal down. It's fucking horrible. It's basically a dog robot, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And he's just like, sorry, Dewey. But it's, you know, the the, the actors involved make you care about these robots, basically. A little bit of monster sound running there as well. I don't... What? Calling um, calling the the, the dog Dewey um, in sound running one of the um, robot droid things that he's got is called Dewey. Oh, my sound's gone. Sorry. Hang on. Am I back? Yeah, you're back at our end, yeah. Yeah. Right, sorry about yeah. that, guys. Uh, I'll just say next that it's a there was a nice little nod with the the, the the robot dog essentially being called Dewey to start running there, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's a film that obviously wears its uh its influences on its sleeve, doesn't it? Mm. And um I just, I, th- I thought that idea of the sun just being fucking, you put your hand out in the sun and it, your hand just starts fucking burning. Like, I, I don't know, there was something quite simple about holy shit about that. that um, That's you, how you feel yeah. on an average summer day, isn't it, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, just in terms of like, you know, obviously COP26 is happening at the moment, it kind of feels like it's ending on oh AOC tried iron brew brilliant what about everything's burning <laughs> um you know um and it, it, it that that kind of stuff does play on the mind and obviously we're talking about Paul Paul Schrader earlier on and first reformed is a film that very much has that on on its mind um and it kind of i don't know it it almost feels like you need films like Finch that are uh, presenting the effects of climate change in that kind of way to really make it Come like come home, and I thought that was that was that was an interesting angle that it took. Um, yeah, I don't. I just I thought it was charming. I thought it was sweet. It was very sad. I teared up like a motherfucker when to, uh, Tom Hanks was like dying, and then when the dog started howling, like it was, it was a lot. 
you know, and it's making me sad thinking about it. And like, I'm like literally, Kiki, I've got like a rope toy in my hand at the moment, and Kiki is, you might be able to hear her, like fucking going at it. And she's an idiot, but she's my idiot. And that's kind of like how it kind of feels like Tom Hanks is with dog, except dog's not an idiot. Dog is very, dog is a very smart dog. And just that whole, oh God. And it, it, again, it kind of weirdly made me tear up. Like when Jeff is like, right, what would Finch do? What would Finch do? Finch would feed the dog. Yeah. And then it's revealed that he's got that fucking can opener in it. And it's like, of course he does. That's fucking brilliant. Like that's such a lovely moment and like a laugh that you needed at that point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought, the, the the thing is, it's interesting because like Apple TV cop, uh, took some shit early on when it was like, "Oh, Tim Cook is only like is he, trying to rub all like the harsh edges off of everything, and like he's just trying to make stuff that doesn't really have anything provocative in." And it's like, "Hey, okay, the morning show has got is talking about fucking toxic, <laughs> like Me Too, basically. So not really, but B." If Apple TV are going to bankroll Ted Lasso and they're going to buy films like Finch, and I've heard Coda has got like a quite a heartwarming aspect to it as well, more fucking power to them. Yeah, the, the, and the, 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 I'm I'm glad that they're finding success. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not they're not signing Adam Sandler up to a six picture deal. No, exactly. You know, and they, you know they've got the new Scorsese, they've got the tragedy of Macbeth. You know, they they are going to be like heavy hitters in that way as well. But their whole thing of we just want to be quality over quantity, that the proof is actually in the pudding so far. I mean, there, there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't exist. You got that Joseph Gordon-Levitt fucking show, Mister Corman, mm. that like came and went, got cancelled before the last episode is even fucking aired. Um, uh, you know, so there's there's plenty of stuff that like obviously isn't hitting, but it it does feel like they are not they're not just fucking splurge gunning this stuff out. Like Finch is all over the place on on Apple TV and on iTunes. You know, like they are actually actively trying to promote their stuff. Sorry, slightly tangenting here, but you look at what Netflix do. Where like Netflix, when Mank came out, the week that came out, it was hard to find. Like, it was. Yeah, it was actually actively hard. Yeah, to I, th- find. I think we we commented on it, didn't we? And I said, yeah. you know, it's yeah, it's hard yeah. to find. It, it, exactly, and it, you know, it, it's I like the fact that Apple are doing this, and you know, you they've got they've got Finch. They did Greyhound, which was a solid, like Tom Hanks star. Now they've got Finch, and it's like they know their lane, and it's a good quality lane, and they're sticking to it, and. Fair fucking play, it's included in my Apple One subscription. You know, it's like I'm paying thirteen ninety nine a month for Netflix at the moment at the highest tier because I want the 4K. It's like, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that Donna watches a lot on Netflix and Lottie watches My Little Pony on Netflix, like, constantly, um, I probably wouldn't be paying for Netflix anymore. But at the moment, as part of my Apple One subscription, I am more than fucking happy to pay for Apple TV. And long may this run continue. They've got a new Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd series I'm probably going to watch starting next week. No, this week. Yeah. You know, you know like, good, good on him. Anyway, that's that's my rant over. I like Finch. Yeah. I, 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 I very much, very much take with it. Yeah, definitely not sure. I mean, Bex, I'm intrigued. 
Yeah. Are you definitely not shit, but in a... But it was really sad, so... Are you Thanks I Hate? Um, thanks I Hate, I think. It's a very, very good movie, okay, but it, just, it was just too sad for me. And I don't know whether it's because I wasn't very well or what. It just it, it made me cry and it hit me too hard in the feels and I just did not need that this week. Well, I was... Yeah, I, I'm definitely not shit. Uh, our audience poll, 80% definitely not shit and 20% Geostorm. <laughs> it's a good movie you know it's just it's a good movie and I I, I get it Bex to be clear like it is it it, it was it was a lot it's it's just too sad I just didn't I just didn't I wasn't prepared for it like the the marketing makes it out to be essentially yeah you know he's dying but it makes it out to be largely this kind of buddy type movie between him and the robot and like teaching him and stuff like that and while it, it, it is that it's also all the other shit and you know Tom Hanks needs to recognise that he can't do that kind of shit and not have people cry he's too good of an actor so <laughs> he is. and yeah. he's really fucking good in this he's, he's, he's usually really good in here, he is honest. yeah and I think I think because of that you don't necessarily notice it because it's just like well yeah of course he is Tom Hanks mm. whereas you, you're looking for it going Fucking hell, Caleb Landry Jones is really good in this. And actually, sorry, just to finish off my rant, that's a good example. Tom Hanks, right? He's had two films this year that Mark had to remind me of the other one, News of the World, which was on Netflix, and they just dropped it on there. And it's it's really good. And it's fucking great. It's <laughs> fucking great. And I understand that Universal dropped it on there basically because of the pandemic and they just like in the US it actually got a theatrical release and whatnot, you know, so it wasn't everywhere, but it was just more content. They weren't advertising it in the way that, you know, if Finch was on Netflix, it would just be in the everyone's watching bit, maybe, depending on how it did over the first weekend. Yeah. You know. On on the rocks, you know, like Apple T V had on the rocks like earlier this year or late last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And they actually, they made an effort promoting it. Could you imagine fucking Netflix and Amazon Prime promoting a Sophia Coppola-directed Bill Murray um, fucking Rashida Jones double act? Amazon Prime would forget that it was on Amazon Prime and then release a trailer for it um, saying, on Amazon Prime, December 1st. You'd be like, wait a minute, it's December 26th? Amazon Prime would go, you'd search on the rocks, and it would go, oh, you mean Arthur 2 on the rocks? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I mean on the rocks. Yeah. What's on the rocks? That film that you made. What one? The one with Bill Murray in. Okay, search Bill Murray on the rocks for me, will you? Bill Murray on the rocks. Oh, shit, look at that. <laughs> we do have it. So you want to watch Arthur 2 then? Like, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it starts, and then Dudley Moore comes on screen. He's like, hey, I'm drunk. Uh, you know, and it's like, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> it's the. I think that's how Arthur 2 starts. Um, he's not far off it, yeah. Um, so, moving on. Yep. Twitter questions. Uh, Rick Kidd uh, at Rick Jacob. Uh, looking forward to House of Gucci. It looks like Lady Gaga is going to give a fun performance. There's been a long line of musicians trying to be actors, but who's been the best so far? Ooh. Musician as actor generally. Yeah. 
I mean, I've liked everything I've seen Bowie in. I was going to say um, Bowie, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bowie, Bowie's, Bowie's a good a good choice. Um, I, I'm going to go Tom Waits. I was going to Tom Waits is really Tom good. Wait, Tom Waits is a good yeah. choice. Yeah. His, 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 the energy he brings to things is always magnificent. Yeah. And the, mm. like, the, the, the weirdness of the directors he's worked with as well. Because he's worked with all like these really like quite avant-garde directors um, usually, um, but then he crops up in uh, Domino, the Tony Scott movie. What's the one with the bunnies? Is that um, Seven Psychopaths? Psychopaths? He's yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of, of, of bad ones, but yeah, that that, that Tom Waits is the one that really cut the line for me. See, Justin Timberlake popped into my head, not because he's a particularly great actor, but just that it's weird that he's better at acting than he is at music. Oh, God, yeah. If you go back and listen to, what's that, that album that he had with Sexy Back and stuff like that on there. Is it Love Sexy or something? You go back and listen to that. It's, it's been, it, should be, it should now be called the problematic as fuck album that mm. Justin Timberlake's managed to get away with. Mm. Can I also throw in Dwight Yoakam? Ooh, that's an interesting shout. It, it characterizes that it's been in loads, okay. but nobody would know that actually he's a, outside of America that he's a huge country music star. Oh, okay. But he's a really good actor as well. Um, he can do like people like Chris Christopherson and things like that, but I think I, I think mm. Tom Waits... Tom Waits, Dwight York are the ones I'd go for. Dwight York is always... Whenever he turns up in something, you always go, all right, this is interesting. Um, but yeah, he's turned up in like comedy stuff and he's turned up in... What is it? He's... Um, one of the guys in Panic Room, the finisher movie. Oh, okay. He's the one that's knocked Jared Leto off for his Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What? Well, yeah, duh. I'm just saying. <laughs> on, uh, on, on Jared Leto, before we move on, I'm assuming we've all seen the pictures from the House of Gucci premiere or whatever it was. Yes. That's just fucking great, isn't it? I Adam am Driver's, so looking forward to that movie. Adam Driver's just like, yeah, I'm right. going to put on my best suit. I'm going to fucking go. Oh. <laughs> no, I, 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 I reckon... I reckon he stands by it. Yeah, I, I reckon absolutely 100%. Jared Leto was going, oh, Adam, I'm going to wear this, I'm going to wear this. And Adam, <laughs> what you're wearing is going, I'm going to wear a suit, to be honest, Jared. <laughs> is it, you, the thing is, Jared Leto is a weirdo. But he's an intentional weirdo. He's yeah. made himself a weirdo. It's so... It's pre-orchestrated. Yeah. And he seems to kind of be coming out of it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he was wearing, like, what, teal, but it was it was a suit. No, but, it, but like, he's... It, like, he stopped retreating to his cult island that he's got all of the time. I mean, he was there when the pandemic broke. Yeah, but he seems to have gone... Maybe I have gone from being aloof rock star actor weirdo to just being weirdo. Yeah. Um, but the has anyone ever seen that um, the the footage of him where he's at like the Paris fashion show and there's a there's a guy walking along in a suit thing and he's making a a face of just like oh my god and then literally there's a shot the, the, the meme thing is there a shot of him like three weeks later on the red carpet wearing the outfit. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it to send you, because it's, it's, it's kind of brilliant, and it kind of has made me like him a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am I am very, like, I uh, read a tweet 
by someone saying that Jared Leto is playing both Wario and Waluigi in House of Gucci. <laughs> and I'm just, I, I'm so fucking excited. I'm excited yeah. for that movie. It looks like the most delicious trash ever. It's literally Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago on the Thursday night, House of Gucci on the Friday night. <laughs> fucking hell, man. That's that's a double header. I've I, I, I just sent to the the, the, the chat the, the, the meme oh, that great. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I look so excited. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, right. Look at his face. Look at his that's amazing. But it has kind of made me like it because I always say about like fashion, like catwalk things of like, yeah, but who actually wears it? And you go, Jared Leto. Jared Leto wears it. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> um, next question. Uh, Dylan Blackland says, uh, "You have got to get posters to go above Ian's bed and Jordan's bed. What are you picking?" <laughs> I'm going to add into this, Ian. You've got to replace yourself with me and Becky. Um, for Jordan, I think I'd get him a Restrepo one, but without the name of the film on, so people would always ask him. And then I'm, that's pretty. That'd cool. be that'd be great. <laughs> I'm sure that nobody, but like four or five people would care. Jordan will get it. Jordan would get it and have to say it every single time. Yeah. And they oh, would have to explain yeah. the poster to yeah. people. Yeah. Um, for Ian, you know in The Shining? Yeah. You know um, the mister who runs the kitchen? Yeah. You know when he it's goes... Carruthers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know when he's away? Oh, no. You know when he's away? He's like... Yeah. And no. then the sexy Afro ladies. Yeah. The sexy Afro ladies. <laughs> I feel like that would make Ian, like... Really comfortable every time he went into his room. Well, I have, I have, I have my choices. Um, George would be a uh, a poster for Moonrise Kingdom that I have designed. Oh God! Um, using Crayola crayons. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why? Because I think it'd be funny that Jordan would have to have a poster for a movie by one of his favourite directors that he really likes, drawn by me. Yeah. In crayon. Okay. <laughs> but there can't be any white on the paper. Okay. I'm going to fucking fill the whole thing in. Nice. And it's not going to be A4. Oh. oh it's going to be A1. A1. Yep. Okay. Yep. And for Ian, it would be the Polish movie poster for Alien. <laughs> oh, okay. Is, it, is that going between the two Afro ladies? It might as well do, yeah. Um, I'm going to try and find it for you and send you it in. Okay. Um, Polish movie poster. Alien. Not pister. Poster. Alien. <laughs> right, here we go. Add to photos. Send. See, I wasn't mean. I just sent him sexy ladies. Well, my other one that wasn't this was going to be the full person for secretary. Oh, God. <laughs> which we Oy, which we nearly got, didn't we? Like we did nearly get that, yeah. Fucking look at that. I know, it's good, isn't it? What? <laughs> what the fuck? 
I love that's crazy. Polish movie posters are great. Polish movie posters are glorious. Okay, no, wow, wait. <laughs> wake up to that every morning. Man, oh, the cabaret one. The cabaret one's fantastic. Sending the cabaret one. Uh, two seconds. What are yours, Ian? What poster would I buy myself? No, what poster would you, you got you got to replace yourself with us. So Jordan and us. Oh. Oh, fuck, I hadn't thought I was going to be asked this. Um, all right, so for Mark, it would literally be Mark's wallpaper, phone wallpaper of, like, Rosamund Pike and Gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I, would, I would have that. Yeah. Happily. And um, uh, Bex, I think it would be uh, a landscape poster of Tom Hanks dying in his bed in Finch. Fucking hell. Well, the dog looks on, sadly. I was thinking of saying that, but yeah, sure. Oh, God, what's this camera? Fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Wow, that is... (laughs) Why is her face doing that? Honestly, you can look at some of the what is it, and they are nightmarish, most of them. Yeah. Christ. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, many of our listeners have never looked at Polish movie posters. Just Google Polish movie posters, go into images and scroll down because there's some fucking beauties. Yeah. Enjoy. And then there's actually some genuinely fucking fantastic ones. The Solaris one's spectacular. Um, and the fly one is, yeah, it's not too dissimilar to the one that I would draw for Ian, for, for Jordan's. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what are we covering next week here? Bloody hell. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking about Red Notice. Yep. Um, is Spencer playing by you guys? It is, yes. Are, are both of you seeing it? I think we're going to try, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. We're going to try. We're going to try for both right. the seats. Is what I'm saying. Um, I think that is the plan, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Cool. So, at the very least, we'll have red notice. But um, I'm, I'm definitely seeing Spencer, so we're, you know, I can talk about that. If um, ooh, there is another movie that I am going to watch between now and next time we record. Um, and it's Rebecca Hall's directorial debut. Debut passing. Oh, passing. Yeah, let's do passing. Let's do yeah, passing. Cause I, cause yeah, because yeah, yeah. I really, really want to watch them. I'm really quite interested. Yeah, it's landed today, hasn't it? Yeah, it's landed today, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. That's, let's review passing as well. Good shout. Um, um, for patrons, we'll also talk Thief. And Mark and Becky will talk Arukusuka Doji. The director's cut. Yeah. The director's cut. Cool. When I searched for it on... Um, can I point out that we own a copy of this? So I had to get it from somewhere else, let's say. And when I searched for it somewhere else, do you know what category it was in? Was it in porn, Mark? It was in porn. <laughs> and at, at, it was at that moment where I went, oh, I may have misremembered <laughs> just how graphic this movie is. It's quite graphic. <laughs> 
very well animated, though. It is, yes. So we're going to watch the hentai uh, <laughs> which is two hours, 40 minutes long. I reckon we should go for a few drinks Saturday night, get fucked up and watch it. <laughs> oh, wow. High five. Good, good high five. <laughs> Solid. Um, and that will do it for this week. Yes. What a treat to end on. <laughs> um, so, um, I've done all the preamble. There's no postamble. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Have a lovely week. We will catch up with you on at a future time at your convenience. Thank you, Mark. Thank you much, Ian. Thank you, Becky. Thanks, Ian. Now take us out of your fucking ears. Bye. Bye. I get the-
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>